Welcome back. Welcome back. To Pop Opinions. Pop Opinions. Episode. I want to say 25. There you go. You got it right. <gasps> That's like a quarter of a century. I was actually, I was just going to say that too. Mm. Quarter century of podcasts. So exciting. And hundreds more to go. Oh, I hope so. I'm having the time of my life, Jack. Why did that sound like it was like a Titanic reference? I don't know. Neither of us like Titanic. No. Uh, Case, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Had a good day. You know what? I have to say it's been really sunny and that makes a really big difference this time of year, I find. Um, going back to work next week, I'm a little mixed feelings about that. Like back to in school. I'm still working when I'm at home. A lot of people don't know that in the household, but... Um, Still working. Uh, yeah, so I have a little mixed feelings with that. But you know what? Let's get back to a bit of routine. Good for kids to be back in school. Hopefully this is all done soon. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm so tired of it. It's been a year of this, right? Well, almost a year. The March, yeah, we're March com- will be a year. We're coming up on a year, especially this weekend was the Super Bowl. And it was really the last event mm-hmm. before... Just kind of the world shut down. Yeah. Dad and I went to a concert at the end of February. I had no idea what was coming literally two weeks later. Yeah. And then the, has there been, I guess there's been like virtual concerts, but you were so excited. You love talking about how they play the sporting event around the concert yes. of the Super Bowl. The, the, the football part is the pre-show of the concert. That's what I like and, to say. Well, And it's the post-show. <laughs> That's what I like to say just to bug Jack. And it, it really does work because it's the last football game of the year and I'm already sad about that. And then and then I like to just rub it in about the concert. Yeah, it's yeah. all right. Baseball is still a couple weeks away. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> all right. Uh, this episode, we got our top 100 movie challenges. Uh, challenge? Challenge. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about Schitt's Creek and WandaVision. Uh, and then we have the great debates. Yes. Where we've picked a few categories where... I feel like most of them, mm-hmm. once we talk about them, totally, you could argue it either way. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think there's only a couple where, where both of us are pretty set in stone about which side we're on. Yes, yes, huh. I agree. All right, so you want to talk about Shit's Creek. I, I wasn't prepared for this. Yeah, I know. I just sprung it on you right before we started. So we just finished Shit's Creek on the weekend. Not and me. You no, and sorry, sorry. Yeah, um, my husband and I. Um, you can say Rob. Dad, Rob, yeah, he does. He's a Boy, part of. He's part of the podcast he network. He is. So, um, so we finished Schitt's Creek um, on the weekend, which was devastating to me because it's like now one of my most favorite shows I've ever watched. And then we watched the documentary last night, which I proceeded to cry through pretty much the entire thing. Like I just. I'm going to miss those characters so much, so much so that I just restarted it last night. When you guys were doing your podcast, I just like restarted it from season one. I think that's a good thing because not to, I I know it's because I'm not a friends person, but I feel like you have other shows that you do really like. And the other one I would say, and I mean, we're going to talk about it later, is a part of our great debates there's two shows that i feel like are not i'm not gonna say as rewatchable because there's also the nostalgia factor with friends but i i I like that you're watching not just friends that you're diversifying a little bit yes well shit's creek so just in case people don't know first of all it's canadian um which i have to say canadian 
uh, TV and movies are really amping it up now. Like they, this is so well done and it's such a good show. So it's about this family, very disconnected, rich, rich, like filthy rich family and they lose everything. And the only thing they have that this lawyer manages to keep for them is this town called Shit's Creek. And in this town uh, are some very quirky, weird, awesome characters and they live in a motel. So they, uh, you know, the, the two kids played by Dan Levy and Annie Murphy, have to share a room, which they've never done. And then the husband and wife have the other room and it's an adjoining and they're in this like crappy little motel. And it's just a show that has been so well done. And I'm going to just say one thing. If you've started it and you didn't like it, give it a hot minute. Give it give it time to breathe because it is such a well done show. Um, you will fall in love with these characters. You There is a love story in this in this series that is probably one of my favorite I've ever seen. The way they do it is so simple and beautiful, but it's just something that's not seen every day. And I think it's like the show is like not ahead of its time. I think it's like perfect for this time, the way it's presented and um, just this family and how they like, they had no idea their kids middle names they didn't know their birthdays so it's like them kind of coming together and like seeing these this town and how it runs with all these like really interesting characters so anyways it's a huge for me it was a huge um I I absolutely loved it it's hilarious too like I mean that made it sound kind of whatever but it is one of the funniest shows I've ever seen Alexis is my favorite she is played by, Annie, played by Annie Murphy. Her facial expressions, her her body language, like everything about her, I'm obsessed with. I think she's just brilliant. And she won, well, I mean, they won everything at the Emmys. They're up for everything Golden Globe, SAG, and deservedly so. They're, they need these accolades. So thank you for indulging me. You're welcome. I think we should also talk about uh, Dan Levy hosting SNL this weekend. Yes. And I think... The, especially for a Canadian show, you it's it is national pride for seeing this show get all like seeing because the Emmys this year I, I didn't watch them live, but I would just I'd follow along on Twitter. I saw it the next day, and it's just like oh why do they keep using the same clip? And it's like no, they just kept winning everything, everything, and all the accolades and being seeing a Canadian on the SNL stage hosting. Obviously, it's not the first to do so. But yeah, yeah, but it's still. You know, like he said, like a year ago, like all of a sudden the show just got traction and it's year six, you know, and they all of a sudden or it was I think it was year five. They got started getting all this stuff for and all of a sudden it's like, you know, everybody's talking about it. Everyone in Hollywood, everyone. So it's just nice to see. I feel like the Canadians brought it this weekend. You know, we had the weekend doing the concert for the pre-football game. <laughs> no, we had him at the Super Bowl doing the halftime show. We had Dan Levy on SNL. Like we had, you know, like it's it was a good week for Canadians. So it's nice to see. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So definitely check it out if you've not watched it. And like I say, give it a, give it a bit. Like I wouldn't say I loved it right away. Like it takes a minute just to kind of like, oh, I get these characters. They're awful, but lovable. You kind of yeah. cheer for them, but they're really horrible kind of. But then they learn and evolve. And yeah, anyway. That's what I was going to say. Um, because I'm uh, re-watching Modern Family right now. The episode I'm just about to watch has Catherine O'Hara in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And her, like, Schitt's Creek, I haven't 
like sat down and watched it myself, but I've seen you guys watch yeah. it. I've seen my girlfriend watch it. So I've, I've seen enough to understand how good it is. Yes. And just to me, Catherine O'Hara, like oh, all of all, of, all their, of them are great. But yes, she just is. Alexis, her accent, because she decided this character needed this accent, but it's like a fake accent. Like, it's not even like you could say, oh, I'm going to do an Australian accent or whatever. Like, she's just made up this whole the way she talks. So when we were watching the documentary on it, which is awesome, too, it's like 45 minutes and it's on Netflix as well. And it's awesome. Just kind of going through their last season and stuff. And um She's she's trying to like read her lines and then figure out what how she would say it because she's made it up. It's not like she can have some dialect coach going, this is how you should say it because mm. she's just made it up. Right. She's. Yeah. The women on the show are pretty. They're pretty. kick They're all great. Like I wouldn't be able. Yeah. Patrick. Oh, love Patrick. Anyways, I was going to say the, the last thing I have to say about it is it's one of those shows where uh definitely gained a cult following also just made a choice that not a lot of shows are ready to make which is what when dan levy announced season six it was this is our last season Mm -hmm. a lot of shows will just hold on to the money part of it and we could keep going for a couple extra seasons which thinking back to like our top 10 tv shows that we did however long ago i feel like i would definitely change some things about it and bring in the factor of the show went like the show I always think of as Entourage that right. it just went a little bit too long. Yes. Once he went through the, once Vinny went through the uh, drug and dating a porn star phase and punching Eminem, it just it's too much. Right. It, it just didn't really fit the rest of the show, which I, I guess you have to be different. But it just I don't think it worked for that show. It's I feel like Seinfeld was the first show to ever do it where they walked out when they were on top and everyone was like, what are you doing? But he was very adamant on, I want you guys to miss us, not be like, oh, are these guys still on? Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like that's exactly what Shit's Creek. I mean, I could do it definitely one more season, but you never know. Maybe there'll be a reunion movie or, a, you know, a something of where are they now kind of. Though they could totally do that, even if it's a couple of years down the line. Yeah. It's something that would make sense. And. I'm assuming it wouldn't be too difficult to get that cast back together. No, I, I feel like they when they show in the documentary, you you feel the love. Like, you feel it and you feel it in the show. Like, you know they all love and, like, get along, right? So, and I was just, the whole time I was like, I just want to be part of that community. Like, it just looks so fun. I mean, I don't think I could be an actress, clearly. But, I don't know, just something. It just, it just looks like such a camaraderie. That looks See, like- I think you could. I also think... As soon as they said action, I would be, uh, uh, what? What's my line? No, we know that I'm not good at that. We had the camera on us. I was going to say, in a (laughs) a show like that, I feel like they could just say, you just get to be you. Oh, okay. That'd be fun. It just gets that. weird. (laughs) I I was going to say, I feel like you'd like fan out with them. Yeah. That'd be weird. Annie. I mean, Alexis. (laughs) Right. Anyways, yes, that's it. Thank you for indulging me. You're welcome. Uh, now you get to indulge me. Okay. WandaVision episode five. Yes. This show, and I think I uh, I didn't said, but I saw on Instagram, it was just, it was a way of showing how each episode has just progressively gotten better. It's gotten way more intense. And what I want to know, what are your thoughts about this episode, episode five? So what I loved about this episode is they showed both both inside her little world and outside. And I like that because 
it just makes I don't know how to explain it, but you just feel like you understand more what's going on both sides. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I mean, vision is starting to clue in to what is happening. And so I'm very curious to see where it's going to go next. Mm-hmm. But you just like I feel for her like Wanda, like I just she just loves him and she just wants to create a family. And that's all. And if everyone just left her alone, they would be fine if she didn't up all the people that are in the bubble <laughs> yeah you know but there is there the show creates a lot and it's the first not the first marvel show but it's the first marvel show that feels like a movie yes so everyone is creating fan theories i think my the one that i believe the most and i although it is difficult to think disney would do this but there's i don't know if we talked about it before mephisto uh no so not Mif- with me no. Uh, Mephisto is like the devil of the universe. So there's either the theory that Mephisto is in the universe because there's two people that haven't that can't be identified, and it's uh, Catherine Hahn's character. But it's assuming she's going to be a different witch, okay, from the Marvel comics. So I think it's going it would be Dottie, right? The who, blonde, right? The, the, the perfect housewife, yeah. So. Of one of the theories is that Wanda made a deal with the devil to create this world, and now Mephisto's just kind of messing with it. Or Wanda didn't create this, right? But just was kind of given the opportunity to protect it. Well, because everyone on the outside is saying, "How does she have this much energy to make this and keep this going?" So that was an interesting question brought up by the people on the outside, right? Of just like, yeah, how is she doing? Because I know she's very powerful, but like to keep it going Mm -hmm. and to keep you know an eye on everything or whatever she's creating that would be tough yeah yeah and there's another marvel show getting pitched from this which i love which would be uh jimmy woo played by randall park who has become the internet's favorite he's become my favorite part of the show like when he's i don't know if it was in this episode but when he goes to grab coffee for him and his friends and he's walking through the headquarters and he's just <laughs> so happy and it's him uh darcy played by kat dennings and monica rambeau they're just like this fun like ragtag group that's against the man but all, like they're just somewhere in between where they they're are. not the director who yeah he, there's something going on there and they're not wanda they're just somewhere in between yeah well, because she does kind of say, like, what, you know, what do you want or, right? Like. There's more of a negotiation. Yeah, like where the other guy's just like, I don't know. Let's Blow her sh- up. Yeah, shoot this whole thing down or whatever, right? And she's like more like, no, let's like figure it out. Like, yeah. The the self-discovery of this episode, which made me, which I heard about the Mephisto, the devil kind of thing. When uh, Vision's at work, because this is the 80s episode, right? Yes. Uh, he's at work and he uses his powers to uncontrol the mind of one of his coworkers. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, he starts freaking out. He's like, yeah. I need to call my parent. I need to call my family. Like, what's going on? Like, she's in my like, head. I'm what's so going on? I'm so scared. I'm, yeah. The thing, he doesn't just say Wanda's in my head. He says she, mm. which made me then go, could be Dottie. Yeah. Could be Agnes. It, it left it up for imagination oh, okay. that it's not just Wanda. Right, right. Because when we get to the end, they're having this big argument, which, well, I'll say spoiler, I mean, spoiler alert, not exactly right now, because they're having this argument that's going on during the credits. Because mm-hmm. usually it's just, oh, you're wrapping up the show. 
But they're having Vision and Wanda are having this full on argument about this world that she created and where are the kids? Like, why is this happening? What's what's going on? And they're both incredible actors, Paul Bettany and Elizabeth yes. Olsen. And she says, How could I control all of this? How could I get people to dentist appointments? And how could I do this and that? Which brought up a great point. How which really put in all of that energy yeah. just to be with vision. Yeah. No, it's very true. That's good. And, and what is there, five episodes left? Uh, I think it's nine. There was a rumor that there was going to be an extra episode because someone started leaking stuff Stop. that's going on. Mm. So They just ruin it for everybody. I mean... Only Bachelor. There should only be Bachelor ru- <laughs> like ruiners. Spoilers? Spo- that's it. Ruiners. <laughs> but the thing was that... And, I, not that I care about the Bachelor world, but the spoiler part that there's like a guy that knows everything. Yeah. But he's gotten stuff wrong. Yeah. So you're just kind of throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks. Yes. yes. So, so as much as it would be bad if stuff got leaked, that was true. If it gives us another episode, that's that's our bridge right in between because there's a week in between WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh God, I'm so excited about that. I can't even. The that, only, that trailer the it only, just looks so good. The only thing that's sad is that the beginning might be Captain America's funeral. Oh. Because remember, he's yeah, old. old. Yeah. So it could be. I'm not saying for sure, just a possibility. Yeah. Uh, the end of WandaVision, which I think yes. is. This is a spoiler if you haven't. 100% watched. spoiler right now because this was huge. Yes. This was huge just for. It, in the moment, it. It was almost like shock. So they're having this argument. The other thing I liked was um, they use their powers and float up against each other. And they're, why are you yelling at me? You never talk to me like this. I like that Vision is kind of getting, I don't even want to say backbone, but he's just saying, you can't control me like yes, this. Yes, yeah. Uh, he's pointing at the curtains, which I, I, you'd have to watch it again, but they're shaped in an M like the curtains are. Oh, Okay. Which is a reference to the House of M comics, which was about Wanda going crazy and creating the multiverse and alternate realities. Wow. Yeah. I, I, it was something I'd heard about. So once he's like, because he's like pointing at it for a good like 30 seconds while they're arguing. So I'm like, I feel like it has to be a reference to that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even pick up on that. That's yeah, okay. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, and then there's a ring at the doorbell. And of course, Vision's already skeptical. So he's like, who's that? Like why did you make that happen she's like i i didn't make that happen like what are you what are you talking about and they do a good job of of the reveal being like the sitcom trope yes open the door and it's the applause Ah, yeah and who is it at the door do you want to do you know who's at the door i know who's at the door who's at the door pedro did i say it wrong there's just like you almost say pedro there's a like pietro pietro yeah but this is not the Pietro that Wanda knows. This is Evan Peters' Pietro, or they, I think they call him Peter in the X-Men franchise, mm. which him standing there is a lot more significant than people realize. This means, first of all, that it could be the multiverse yep. that we're bringing up that happens in Spider-Man as well, or not really in Spider-Man, but uh, Evan Peters being there opens up the X-Men to possibly being in this world which is incredible for Wanda. It's the shock of it's my brother, but, yeah. but it's not really. Yes. And they do a good job of just kind of cutting it off there. So this, 
next episode. And I also liked because the argument started in the credits. Yeah. That his, his appearance is a post credit scene. Right. The classic Marvel move. <laughs> it is. For sure. So these next few episodes, I think... It's been going up a notch each time. I think this next episode, I can't imagine what happens in this next episode. Yeah, I do. I, I actually enjoy the week to week. I think it's it builds more for you and you look forward to it, right? Yeah, if we had this all at once, you would just, we would watch it in like two days. Yeah, and you wouldn't. And it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be the same. So I'm okay with the week to week. It's it's the water cooler conversations. It is, for sure. Um, I think that's it for that yeah, episode. Yeah, sounds good. All right, let's get into our movie challenge this week. Yes. Which one do you want to start with? Uh, Scarface. I feel like it's faster. Yeah. Scarface 1983, uh, written by Oliver Stone, which I found very interesting. Me too. I didn't know that. Uh, directed by Brian De Palma. Yep. Uh, it stars Al Pacino as Tony Montana, or as cool. he says 30 times during this movie, Antonio Montana. There you go. That was good. Thank you. Well, he said it enough that... <laughs> He you, just always even presents Dad started himself. saying it like he was like, OK, we get well, it. he kept saying Tony Montoyo. Yeah, which I guess just to be funny. Yeah. Uh, so it follows the story of Tony Montana as he builds his drug empire in Miami. He's a refugee from Cuba, which I forgot there was more backstory to this. Yeah, I did, too. I just kind of thought he was in Miami and he just becomes like a drug cartel guy. Mm-hmm. So it was good to rewatch it and be like, oh, yeah, I forgot that, the, like, you know, he's starting from nothing. And he really built himself up throughout the movie, right? Of mm-hmm. respect or whatever, drugs. <laughs> respect, Oof. drugs, money. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yep. Uh, the thing that I, I know you're, he's kind of like the anti-hero, so you're kind of cheering for him. He's mm-hmm. also dealing drugs, so yep. there's that kind of conflict. I feel like he just feels like he deserves the world, yes. even when he hasn't done anything. Yep. He just is, is just, it's about me and I'm better than this. I can do better than this. There's just a cockiness, which I guess is good, especially when you get towards the end and you see that it's almost justified. Yeah. That you're following this character and it does come to fruition that he is worth so much. Yes. And I think it's just like, it shows like, he's like, I want Michelle Pfeiffer's character. Like, I just want her and like, I just, I'm going to get her and I want this and I'm going to, you know, like he, he's like, he He's got these morals, but then he also is like, if I want something, like, I don't, like, I will get it. He has morals until it affects him. Right. Until it becomes, yeah, like, taking the boss's wife. Yes. Then it's, oh, no, I can do that. Well, because he doesn't respect the boss. So he's just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I can take that. That's not a problem. But he has a problem killing white, like, he was supposed to kill this, like, diplomat guy. And his wife and kids happened to be in the car and he didn't know that. And they were supposed to do a car bomb. And he was like, absolutely, no, I'm not doing that. Like, he, so all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, so he does have morals. That's good. They showed us. There was there was a Something. line there where he's like, I'm not doing that. So, yeah, it was good. I, it would be interesting to see. I would love to find. I found Michelle Pfeiffer, who I love. I think she's so beautiful. I think she's a great actor, actress. But her acting in this was so over the top for me. Yeah. Like, her arm movements and the way she spoke. And it was just so, it was just, it was interesting to see because I don't, I didn't remember that part of it because it is a smaller story. Mm -hmm. So I didn't remember that part of it. And I was like, it's just funny to see how she's evolved as an actress. Like, I don't know if she chose to do the character that way or that's just, you know, how it all came out. But I read before and it was when I was looking at the Wikipedia page, but apparently that De Palma and Al Pacino didn't want her in that role. 
but oh. they were arguing against it at first. Oh, okay. I, I guess they figured it out. Yeah. Yeah, they figured it out. I, d- I did a pros and cons list. Oh, I like it. Uh, right. Hit me. Pros, entertaining. Yes. Get the drugs, entertain, like fun. You get the fun line. Yeah, uh, that is that is okay. one of the pros. Yeah. Um, there's, you kind of, you they do a good job of building him up of not just like he lands in Miami or in Florida and then just becomes a drug lord. Like he has to go make a drug deal and it goes wrong and his buddy gets chainsawed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then he starts working for the boss. He makes some other slithery moves and works his way to the top. Yes. So it does a good job of that. Uh, great acting. Yes. Al Pacino, this is probably uh, his most iconic, maybe. Yeah, like he's so, the way he, that accent and the way he carries himself is, is yeah, he does a great job. Especially for, and we you said it during it, that he's an intimidating figure in this but he's also quite short yes, so it, it is a little short, funny it's yeah, a little he's a Joe short Pesci. Man in, yeah in real life so but he has this cockiness and this ad like confidence about him which is funny to me because he'd be standing against these guys that are like six feet and it just looks funny and yet he still is like good yeah. on my face man <laughs> um and then the other pro is you get the iconic line it's not surrounded by as much coolness as you would think it's right. a weird the final like half an hour is action packed but it's the last like 10 15 minutes that are of this like final crescendo yes uh yeah say hello to my little friend say hello to my little friend that's what he says thank you for okay. correcting that <laughs> um cons it's a little outdated yeah well, it, it, I wouldn't say it's held up well and from the 80s. No. If you watch this in like 1985. Oh, great. Now it's a little, and that comes into the other part, is it's just, I don't want to say too long, but it's slightly just, too long. Yeah, it's almost three hours. Like we said, I'm a firm believer if you cannot tell a good story in about an hour and a half, then I, I think there's, you know, like then something's arrived. Something's missing because I think you should be able to tell a really good story in an hour and a half. Two hours tops. I was going to say, then you get into superhero movies. It's I a know, little that's harder. That's when I started thinking, crap, that's like Endgame and stuff. Okay, like two hours. Yeah. Uh, Unless think... it's an Avenger movie, then it could be three hours. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I, th- I, I think it's... I think it's fair. That's a lot to jam into the story. It feels like Scarface. There's a lot of just kind of like filler time. Yes. Where if like you gave me the film and you just cut out certain parts, you're not losing too much from scenes that don't really add to the story. Yes, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, that's pretty. That's all I got oh, okay. for Scarface. <laughs> all right. That's the end of my pros and cons. Oh, okay. It's Perfect. Just, it shows its age and it's a little too long. Yeah. Yeah. Good. All right. Uh, our other movie, Fight Club. Oh, Carolyn. I wish you were here for this. <laughs> uh, 1999, directed by David Fincher. And I think this is... if I, I think we should do this one day where if we go through some of the bigger directors, if you pick one movie that represents them the best. Oh, that's a fun one. I think this would be David Fincher's movie. Yeah, I agree. Or it's so weird. And it's, I was trying to think about how to describe it. So it's an insomniac office worker. Played by? Edward Norton. Okay. And uh, no care soap salesman. Yes. Played by? Brad Pitt. Yes. That create an underground fight club yes and chaos ensues 
So what I put is Edward Norton has like a hard time connect like with human connections. And he, he, so he tries to like fill his life with like stuff. And then, then he meets Brad Pitt and he kind of like, I guess they feel like they're not, they're not living up to what other people have or they're not, they don't have what other people have. So they have like these crummy jobs and they have like, you know, they don't have lots of money. And so they like the only way that they can feel like alive or like they're part of something is by doing this like fight club in the basement. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's something I wrote down. It's similar to Scarface that it has a very iconic line that first rule of fight club is you don't talk Talk about about fight Fight Club. club, which has been repeated. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that repeated in shows. Yes. Or even if it's not fight club, it's the first rule of this. You don't talk about it. Yes. Yes. Uh, in terms of, I mean, I guess you could, it, it's hard when you watch this movie more than once. Yes. For because sure. you, once you watch it the second time, you pick up on more things. You go, okay, this makes more sense that they're trying to tell us this with this. And yes. They you put can these start scenes. putting it together like a Lego, like you're like getting all the pieces and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Cause the first time it's just kind of, it's more shock value. Wow. Yeah. You're like, what? is happening and then and then there's you know obviously a twist that we won't say on here because I think if you haven't seen it you should really see it um so there is a twist and then once you go back and watch it the second time knowing the twist it's like a totally different movie right Mm -hmm. this is the third time that I've seen it and it's one where I tried to watch it to just pick up on more more yeah and there wasn't really too much more outside of the second time watching it yeah and once you kind of know the twist yeah yeah it's great, great acting, though. I would say it's these two boys at their mm. finest. Like Brad Pitt, Edward Norton, both extremely talented actors. But this is like this is like a notch above even that. Their excellent acting, I find. Especially, I would say we're in that. This is. It's funny to say peak Edward Norton territory because he's had such a long career and still active. Like it's yes. still not like he's not quiet now. But it, this and American History X yes. are with maybe the same year or within a couple of years of each other. Right. Like that. I, d- I don't know how between two movies, it's 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 up there as to me, two of the best performances by anyone. Yeah. And it's yeah. both by him. Yeah. No, I agree with you for sure. I think he's I think he's really underrated, too. Yeah. He, he doesn't get like he doesn't get Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt credit. Yeah. Like he's he's definitely underrated, but you know what? Maybe he's happy with that because he gets like he gets to do these awesome projects, and he's not being like kind of hounded or you know he can live a pretty quiet life. So maybe he likes that. Yeah, if, if that works for him. Whatever floats your boat. Uh, anything else for Fight Club? No, great movie though. Definitely highly recommend it. Uh, uh made or I guess released the year I was born, <laughs> and still if it, it's a I great mean, year. That's why if you haven't seen it. Def- definitely watch it it's also been 21 years so yes 22 i think it still holds up though 22nd year yeah for sure it's it's not one that'll go outdated because it doesn't focus too much on the year it was made yes like you could not that you should remake it but you could remake it today yeah and kind of change a few things about it yeah but i think it's i think it holds up i think it'll i think it'll be still a classic mm-hmm. 20 more years 20 more uh, all right, here we go. The great debates. The great debates. Um, we picked. Few, we have five categories to go through. Um, 
I warmed up my voice just in case we have to yell. Okay. We have to yell over each other. So yes. turn your volume. No, don't turn your volume <laughs> don't. down. We are not actually going to do that. We're very civil. Sometimes. Most of the time. Yeah. 98% of the time. Yep. It's really the Bachelor Nation argument that <laughs> or discussion. Uh, where, do you want, where do you want to start? Um, I think we should that for, I think we should start with Born and Mission Impossible. I think we should go like that way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Born and Mission Impossible. So a I, I, funny thing. Okay. Two things. Two housekeeping. Uh, we had to flip a coin because neither of us would pick because we both uh, love these franchises, Born movies and Mission Impossible. So we actually had to flip a coin and then I won the coin toss. And I still was like, I don't know which one I want. <laughs> Anyways, um, and then the other thing is um, I put all of these that we're doing, the great debates, on my Instagram story. And we had a lot of voters, which is really fun. Um, so I will start by saying that Born Movies did win. 60-40, though. So, and and at first, it, Mission Impossible was killing it. So it just, yeah, I think... I think we're going to find, though, at the end of this debate is we like both franchises. Yeah, it's not. It's There's some of the other ones where I was trying to go, do I argue why mine's good or why the other one's bad? And then, right. then I went with, there's no point, especially in this one, there's not really a way to tear Jason Bourne down. No, and you have to just kind of go why you think this franchise is better. So do you want to start or? Uh, sure. So okay. Mission Impossible, the, the number one argument that i can say is there's more movies there's one extra there's six mission uh, jason Bourne's at five okay so that's one extra they're filming the seventh one <laughs> okay, right now it's and not they, out and they have the eighth one planned okay so that that is my opening argument okay there's just more they keep doing it okay and so I'm gonna that might not be a good thing but I, yeah right <laughs> i'm gonna say <coughs> sorry um I'm going to say for my first argument, because I hear what you're saying, there is one extra. But I'm going to say, I think all of the five Bourne movies are excellent. And I think all the Mission Impossible, only the last few are good. The first two, I don't think are worthy. Three is okay. Oh, no. You're really changing like this. Mission what? Impossible 3 was your favorite. Okay. It was back in the day. Sure. Because I had one, two, and three. Okay. So, yeah, three was, like, excellent compared to one and two. So my argument is all five Bourne movies are great. And Mission Impossible, I would say, okay, so I'll give you then three, four, five, and six. So, so majority. <clears throat> no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, my other argument, which actually it ties into yours pretty well, is that Mission Impossible, as the movies go on, they get better. It feels like Jason Bourne... Not that Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible 100%, they both follow the same format. But I just think as you get to Rogue Nation and Fallout, they've get, gotten better. Where Born kind of feels like it's the same. Yeah. Like it plateaus. I agree with you there. And I think the reason is because Mission Impossible can always bring in new like char antagonists and characters and things like that. Whereas Born was definitely a premise. And now that we've kind of, you know, we've we've exhausted that premise you know, that we've, we made these little lab rats and these little fighter spy mm -hmm. guys. So I, I understand what you're saying there for sure. I'll give you that one. Um, mine is going to be that I, for me personally, I think that Jason Bourne is a more compelling protagonist than Ethan Hunt. 
Yeah. Oh, the only the only really compelling part, and they eventually solve it, is that Ethan's wife dies, or you think she dies. Yeah. And that's kind of his motivation. Then once you find out she's alive and he's and she's in witness protection to protect her, it kind of takes a layer away from him. He's definitely Jason Bourne has a lot more depth to it. Yeah, like I just find you're you're rooting for Jason Bourne more because of the way he's been treated. Where Ethan Hunt is, yeah, he's an excellent like spy, you know, per, like MI six person, but he's not like there's nothing like you say there's not a lot of depth to him so yeah like yeah it's fun blowing up things and him running and stuff like that but there isn't that other side to him that Jason Bourne has Mm -hmm. and as we're talking I'm actually thinking of more arguments now (laughs) the one the one that as you're saying that is there's more and again it might be a bad thing to some people but I think as the Mission Impossible movies have gone on they've gone crazier and crazier with stunts and yeah. him jumping onto a plane and yeah it could be and the thing is this is where i'm gonna say 100 percent unbiased i didn't like it in fast and furious movies mm. they like jumped out of like airplanes with cars and they jumped from building to building with cars i don't i didn't like it then mission impossible to me it just got more and more impressive as they were doing this like the the airplane one is where i think okay he's just on top of a hill and he jumps onto the like yeah the wing wing and i almost said the arm (laughs) the arm of the plane um so i will say this is my last argument but for me mission impossible they're always bringing in like new characters so it's you're not as attached to them as you are in the Bourne movies. Like the Bourne movies, you you have like Julie Stiles and you have like, I don't, you have people that come back and you know them. So you don't have to spend a whole movie getting to know a character. You already know them. You're already familiar with them. So that would be my last argument for Jason Bourne movies. Um, my arg- my last argument goes the other way of bringing, <laughs> bringing in these right. other characters. So I wrote down, they have better guest appearances and I wrote down the ones that I consider guests. So... I'm not counting, obviously. You don't count Tom Cruise, uh, Ving Rames, which I didn't realize he's in every one. Yeah. Like, I, I just, because there's a couple of them where he's in, like, the last second or whatever. Right, right. Um, Michelle Moynihan. Moynihan, right? Yeah. Is his wife. And Simon Pegg. I consider that the main cast, because they bring Simon Pegg in for... I love Simon Pegg. And Ghost Protocol, I think, is the first one he's in. But he's yeah. in, he's a recurring member after that. I mean iconic line from that movie is he has the sticky gloves that it's it's blue it's glue red dead yeah as he's climbing in dubai he's climbing outside of a huge building and they were like hey here's your gloves and he says that we just love that line it always made us laugh so uh so yeah the get the guest appearances um if funny enough i i got to write it down in order of of the movies so john voight's in the first one uh uh got Tandy Newton, Anthony Hopkins in the second one. Yep. The third one goes Philip Seymour Hoffman, Carrie Russell, Maggie Q, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Is that number three? Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, that was the one I didn't know for sure. but That's Carrie Russell's in three. Yeah. I'd actually... Sorry. I take it back. I really liked three. Now that I'm remembering, it's that one. Three was your favorite. And and it's Philip Seymour Hoffman when he pretends to be him. And yeah. That's Mission and Impossible. Maggie Q. I love Maggie Q. Mission Impossible 3 is what I remember as... It was the definitely the best one at the time. It was now I think it just is going to get remembered as mask galore. Right. Just always. Everybody Everybody's has masks. Like, Can I wear a mask? <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, that's in Ghost yeah. Protocol, too. Uh, and then you get to Ghost Protocol. You add Paula Patton and Jeremy Renner. Yep. Um, and then for the last couple, they added uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Love her in this movie. And then uh, Angela Bassett and Henry Cavill. Right. So yes. that, that is my final argument of you bring in these recurring characters. I, I think both of these movies do a good job of you stick to your lane. Jason Bourne, it's about him. Yes. And Ethan Hunt and Mission Possible, you can change the story. Yes, that's good. That's a good way to wrap it up, right? For okay. sure. So I, I win? Uh, I think I won. But... All right. Well, we'll have to let the fans decide that. But again, they did. It was 60-40 for Jason Bourne. But that movies. was before argument. That was before they got to hear my compelling case. Oh, right. And you were so good at it. About Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg is pretty great. All right. Will Farrell. Will Ferrell, Adam Sandler, comedy section. Yeah. So this one was really tight. This one was 55 for Will Ferrell and 45 for Adam Sandler. So don't read my notes. I just want to see if it was actually 55, 45. Yeah, it was. Okay. I promise. You can look at my Instagram after. I, I, oh, well, okay. I just did it after. Like. So I can vote for mine. <laughs> yeah, I haven't voted for yours yet. I didn't, yeah, I didn't look at it yet. I haven't been on Instagram today. Uh, I think I won first, so. Um, ba, 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 I don't know what to start with. I think I will start with, this is my big one, though. This is my big, like, drop the mic. Will Ferrell is, I know you don't like this movie, but it is a Christmas classic now, and everybody loves Elf. And it's Will Ferrell who delivers on that movie. He is he is good in it. I just think it's the people around him that I, I just... I just kind of shrug and go, okay, why am I supposed to care about them? Yeah. He, it is. But it is like, that is his, that it's an iconic movie now. Every, most people love the movie. So yeah, if you took him away, then you wouldn't have Elf. I, I don't think I'd be as upset as people. <laughs> the only, the only thing I will give credit for that is no one else could do that movie. Yes. If you put anybody else in that role, no one could do so over the top and childlike. Like right. Adam Sandler couldn't do that. No. Because he, he would do his Adam Sandler thing. He'd, yeah, he'd make his funny voice. Um, it's not an argument, but I just feel like it, it deserves the recognition that these are both SNL alumni, which yes. is, I feel like it's something we don't talk about as much on here, but we're like SNL historians. Diehard fans. Love yeah. SNL. Every week. but Like it is my hugest bucket list is to go to a taping of SNL. Well, you also told me I have to be a host of SNL so that you can come and say, oh, Live from New York, it's Saturday night. I don't know. Oh, like it would, that would be it. That would's all I need in my life is to just say that line or to be there and then just say it along with whoever's saying it. <laughs> yeah. You said if it's me though, then I get to, then I have to make sure you're part of the opening sketch. Yes. I, I will do that. Okay, thanks. You're welcome. Uh, my opening argument is just the resume of Adam Sandler comedy movies, which okay. isn't as long. I, I left out a few, and I could definitely talk about, I have to acknowledge the low light in his career. Um, Billy Madison. Yes. Happy Gilmore. These are all early Adam Sandler, though, yeah. right? But we're, this is career. We're looking. Okay. I'm just saying he was good in the beginning, and then he's taken a bit of a nosedive. Uh, the Waterboy. Yes. The Longest Yard. Um, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, which is definitely one that doesn't, for you, it doesn't reach as much. Yeah. 
but for me it's him and kevin james like yeah. that's it's a great combo and they pretend to be gay definitely a movie that couldn't be made now right very inappropriate <laughs> right uh the thing what? i just thought you were gonna hit our little mikey th- this thing uh bedtime stories which is adam sandler and carrie russell it was like the disney yes and that it was, was like gumballs yeah the, the it was all sky. yeah it was cute okay um the grown-ups franchise which, which you really like yes i like the first one. Oh, okay the second one is really good um just go with it classic my friends and i they're not listening but we love there's actually from grown-ups there's the one that's hilarious that they're the beginning of the movie is that their coach dies and he's coach buzzer and while someone's giving a speech they all just make a buzzer noise and the entire funeral just starts laughing it's such a ridiculous concept that i don't think would ever happen in a real funeral but it, it was right. good for that movie yeah uh just go with it has two where he does an impression because it's adam sandler and jennifer aniston does an impression of a guy with a goatee and he pretends that the goatee's talking right yeah it, he also did murder mystery with jennifer aniston that was awful so i'll just throw that in there um uh, so. yeah i was gonna say his low light is jack and jill because that's or hubie halloween I I think that Jack and Jill's worse. Really, I yeah. Hubie Halloween wasn't that bad. I just wanted you to. You watch. didn't even say Fifty First Dates or The Wedding Singer. Those are like my two favorite. Stop it. I cannot say that was strategic, but it worked out. You argued for Adam Sandler. That, that was really just, nice. Like I'm saying, those two movies are really good of his. Yeah, two two more two more movies to add to my list. Um. Uh, that's it for just comedy movies. Comedy movies that he also, he creates this world where him and his friends get to go film movies. So yes. I I just, I like that aspect of it. Okay, that's fine. Um, I have for Will Ferrell, I only wrote a few. I didn't realize we were like writing like at the whole IMDb. But I said Anchorman. Mm-hmm. You're never going to have like Ron Burgundy. Like you're, you've created a character that he is, you know, he takes it on the road too. Um, old school. Come on. That's like the one of the funniest movies. Uh, Wedding Crashers. He has a small part, but I think it's really impactful. Uh, Step Brothers. I was going to say that would, that would be my one. I think that's my favorite Will Ferrell movie. Like, it's so funny. And then I was like, but not only can he do comedy, he can also do some drama. He can do Everything Must Go. He did Downhill. Stranger Than Fiction is one of his best like he can, he does have a range. He's not just silly. Which Adam Sandler, <laughs> I know, I know, goes right into that. You you fed me that one. You got Spanglish, uh, yes. Click, which Click, I, on the surface looks like a comedy. It's a guy that can control the yeah. world and pause it with a button. It's sad. Like it, I don't it takes really a lot more depth. Remember it. So, uh, and this is my argument of all arguments. It's a movie that he didn't make, which he just acted in, which is pretty much all the other movies I listed. He's like a director, producer, all that kind of stuff. You just put him in an actor's role. And the reason he made Hubie Halloween is because he didn't get nominated, which I think is still a travesty. Yes. Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Amazing. It, it is It is a gem. It is a, it is a huge gem in this world. And I will give you that one because I knew going in me picking I knew Adam Sandler I was like I'm giving up uncut gems and I understood that but uh, yeah for me I was like uncut gems compared to everything else I was like oh I don't know but I guess it's always too what you find funny because 
the movies you said, I wouldn't have said. I would have said Wedding Singer and Fifty First Dates. Like Fifty First Dates, he's so adorable in, and he doesn't have that funny voice. Like I don't like when he oversells it or whatever he does. Right, yeah. that silly voice. Um, do you have any other arguments? Because I got one more. Uh, sure, I could do one more. <laughs> You're just gonna make it up. No, I actually don't. I wrote it down on the side because when I was list- listing his movies, um, it's a voice acting role, which I think gets underrated in Hollywood. But he does the Hotel Transylvania movies. Yeah, he does. Those movies for kids movies, they're amazing. Yeah, I've only seen the first one. It, what? I think there's three. I think there is three. They're all great. I can't really. I don't really remember anything specifically from each of them. Yeah, yeah. But they're all really funny. All right. Well, my last argument for Will Ferrell is ESPN has given Will Ferrell two ESPYS for sports movies. And Adam Sandler, with all of his sports movies he's done, has zero. Um, wait, which two? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I just wrote it down. I knocked down the argument. I don't know, but it says for... Well, I would imagine Anchorman. No? Oh, um, sports movie. Talladega Nights? Is yeah, car. yeah. Yeah. Racing. Racing? Uh, uh, maybe like kicking and screaming or... If it's kicking and screaming, you didn't mention that, which I'm glad... I was glad you didn't. Oh, it's probably I'll look it up and I'm pretty sure it's semi pro. Oh, okay. Um oh, now I looked up Will Farrell. Now I just saw the first clip is um in two thousand eight, uh Tiger Woods won the best male athlete and he wasn't there, so Will Farrell accepted it and oh. he pretended he was Tiger Woods. Not like <laughs> j- like just Will Farrell walked up there and was like right. thank you. You know, people always say, Tiger, how do you do it? And, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I think he's more on the spot funny too. I would say like that kind of like he's. I think it's just intrinsically in him, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to look it up. I know I should have looked it up. All I saw was that, and I was like, "Oh, that's a good one to end with," because it's like the ESPYS, like sports. Yeah, it is a good argument, but it, it feel like it was more. Oh, I did Megamind. Ah, oh, he's in the. Oh yeah, the Lego Movie. He yeah. was like live action in that. I think he was also the voice actor too. I know it's a hard one. They're both pretty great. Oh, uh, yeah. Talladega Nights and Semi Pro. Nice. All right. So. I won. <laughs> okay. Oh, this one. This one's a toughie. This one you creamed me on Instagram. It is The Office versus Modern Family. Jack is going to be arguing Modern Family, and it killed everybody picked. Majority can, of the people picked Modern Family. Can it was I hear like percentages. 64% for Modern Family and 36 for The Office. I think that honestly underrates The Office. I, I think giving The Office all their due, that, that's not what I'm here to do. Modern Family, as I'm rewatching it, I'm in season seven right now. You, It's impossible. As good as The Office is, as funny as it is, you can't touch the Modern Family's writing. The writing room they have. Or how they connect their stories. How it just in a sequence. I'm trying to. There's so many examples. I'm not even saying that to make my argument no, better. No, but know. there's just so many scenarios that um, it's not as like highbrow comedy. But uh, Cam and Mitchell are uh, trying to adopt a pet. And they, they do this earlier where they set it up where Mitchell makes like the car dance. So yes. it moves. For the baby. Uh, for, for Lily to yeah. make her just laugh because she's sad about... Uh, I, I think it was that they weren't getting a baby. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, And they have these two 
actually earlier in the episode they do a good job of they they were going to have a baby that's what it was they were going to have a baby but uh the family decided to keep it and they're sitting there and they're like uh should we talk about the elephant in the room and there's this big giant stuffed (laughs) elephant yeah and then they keep talking they're like all right what about the 800 pound gorilla two very common sayings and there's a gorilla there so they end up in the episode uh the animals are mimicking having sex as they're trying to talk about how good of parents they are. Yeah, on top of the car and yeah. And it, they, they adjust them. They're like, this doesn't look sexual at all. Yeah, <laughs> they start moving. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, it's not like I'm like one was like a clear winner for me. They both bring something to the table. I just think for me, the office, I think my biggest my biggest well one of my biggest arguments is I think in the office there's more likable characters and I think in modern family you're you're gonna always somebody's always gonna say I don't really like this character like I'm not gonna say specific people because that's just that's unnecessary I was gonna say that's part of my argument oh (laughs) okay about like specific people not liking characters yeah no I'm just saying I'm not gonna name characters because that's not nice oh, right I'm but going I'm to. oh okay well you're I'm nicer than you then because they because you like them and dislike them for different reasons right but I was gonna say like you know your girlfriend is doesn't like a one okay, character that's my argument okay yeah, I thought you were gonna say it. that's part of my argument no but I'm saying but I feel like in the office there isn't really a character that everyone's like I really don't like that character even like Toby who Michael hates it's still like you see the necessity of having him there. Like there isn't somebody where you're like, oh, I don't really like that character. I have one. Okay. I actually have a couple, but the one when you said it, there was no one was Nellie. That I feel like she didn't really add much. Oh, okay. Well, that I'm talking about like the core people. Oh, okay. Like I'm not talking. Yeah. Like she was in for what? A season? If that? Not yeah. long. Yeah. Not long. Because no, she wasn't good for sure. There, there goes my niceness. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess I could do that argument now of like the characters are well written so that like so my girlfriend doesn't like Cam. Cam is my second favorite character. I know. I couldn't believe when she said that. Because I think it makes sense. and this. Oh, t- it totally makes sense when she explained it to me. Yeah, but it, it, the argument makes sense. I was going to say the, that my least favorite character is Claire. Yes. But I don't think that's on the writers or on like how they created that character to me that's more of a credit to julie bowen that she does such a good job of being this like uptight mom and like you know she's doing it for the right reasons but sometimes she just gets blurred about trying to do the right thing and it doesn't always work out oh okay damn yeah (laughs) it's not i was gonna really try and dig you in a hole for that one but i see how you've spun it because and i mean the act that you give Eric Stone Street, which is the other thing is my girlfriend goes like, I've never showed like, I, I want to show her what Eric Stone Street is like in real life. Yeah. And then the character he plays. So she understands how good of an actor he like is. Like how different they've gone. How yeah. like left field, right field he's gone. Right. Yeah. Mine is definitely um, is Claire is, you know, I don't find she's very nice to Phil a lot of the time. I don't find she's like appreciative of him or. Um, but then I know one of my friends doesn't like Phil. Like she started watching and she's like, I don't like Phil. That's my girlfriend isn't a huge Phil fan, which as I watched it, I'm like, I get it. It, it makes sense. He's oh, not. See, I think he's so funny. He's funny. He says the wrong thing most of the time. But my argument to that was just, he's just oblivious. Like he's not doing it maliciously. He's just 
Oh, he's like rainbows and sunshine, that yeah. guy. Like he's not, there's not a malicious mean bone in his body. He is an ex-cheerleader who <laughs> is, you know, like that's, okay. I feel like I'm arguing the wrong side. No, so there is one, <laughs> there is one malicious film moment, which I forgot about. It's an episode where they almost get into a car accident. So they're all like, just like, talk, like thinking about the meaning of life. And you think Phil's fine. And he loses a listing to Gil Thorpe, played by Rob Riggle, who's amazing. And he goes and walks into the, like, uh, he's showing the couple around the house. And he walks in, and he's so calm, and he's just like, I just wanted to give you guys, like, a peace offering, like, no hard feelings or anything. And he's like, oh, look at you, Dunphy, like, good for you. And he's like, uh, here's the lawyer that uh, most of the time when it's malpractice or whatever, uh, this is a good lawyer to go to when he screws you over. Oh. And here's this, if, uh, like... He just does all of these petty things, but he does it in such a calm manner that I was just like, wow, he they really ticked them off. Right. I guess it is good to show that. Um, well, I'm going to just this is my I've got two heavy hitters. So my one is which is I don't know how you're going to argue this one, but it is that one of the greatest love stories of yeah. TV history is Jim and Pam. So. Like, you don't have that in Modern Family. You don't have... You have love, for sure, but not like Jim the, and Pam. The way they develop that love story is untouchable. I knew that would be one of your arguments, and it is it is something I, yeah. I can't argue. They even... the I don't even want to say side relationships, but they do a good job of... Even though there's a lot of mixing and matching in the office with dating, they don't make it a big deal. Yeah. With, yeah. with Modern Family, you're just kind of set... These are the relationships. There's obviously a few that'll change, but... The office changes a lot more, but you have that core love relationship of Jim and Pam, which in to me, really in TV, film, whatever, not really touchable. Yeah, no, it is. It's untouchable, that one. So you get the, I mean, even like he was on SNL two weekends ago and it was brought up like his whole monologue was where's like, Pam? Where's Pam? Like his Pam because everyone felt it with them. Like they really, you know, like so, they were so good at their jobs that everyone still thinks they're married in real life. Right. Yeah. So that's my one. That's my one big one for modern. That's not that's like a good one, but it's not the whole reason why you love the show. I mean, the show is the writing is funny. The, you know, the characters are so unique jim and, and jim and dwight hijinks to me are really they're, yes. they're enough go find the holy grail or even when dwight kind of starts trying to like prank him back but then jim like pretends to pretends that someone killed him and that it was dwight's fault right like yeah. it just he goes so far and i think they even say it at one point like it really like like jim stays really late to work on a prank yeah. and someone makes fun of him for it and it's like yeah that's that's, that's like a lot they of commitment. Had, the one was when he had that, when he bought that huge piece of wire from the, um, from a flea market on the weekend. And then he taped it all the way around where like Dwight was trying to pick up this wire to figure out where this wire went. And he ended up outside on the pole. Like you could see him on the outside. Like, and he was just like, Jim's like looking at the camera going like, yeah, this took me like 30 hours and it cost me like 28 bucks. It was totally <laughs> worth it. Like his commitment to messing with Dwight is, is so comical, right? And there's, to me, there's two top notch besides the Holy Grail. I would say either uh, when Jim dresses as Dwight. Yes. Bears, bears beat beats Battlestar. Battlestar Galactica. And I just love Dwight's response because it's so outrageous. It's not, not fact at all. It's, Millions of families suffer every year from identity theft. And it's like, Not what? Funny, no. <laughs> that or, and this is another Jimmy Woo Randall Park. Yes. He 
one day in the office, Jim's at a dentist appointment and he's like, he steps in as Jim and Pam is fully in. She kisses him like, hi, honey. Good morning. They change all the pictures, pictures. and they just really mess with Dwight. And he's like, what? Jim is an Asian. He's like, good for you, man, for not, not seeing, seeing that. Ra- for not seeing race or yeah. something, right? Yeah. It, it is it, it is hard to top that show for just the, like, those. Jim and Dwight's relationship, which yeah. is becomes especially when you get to the end of the show a lot more sentimental oh for sure i mean they really do love each other it's just like a fun thing mine was uh this will be the last one then we can move on from it but is when um jim's working at another place like he's working at another office and he sends a fax saying from future dwight don't drink the coffee it's been poisoned so then dwight runs and like i think it's um stanley's about to drink and he just like barrels him knocks it out don't drink it you'll thank me later and just the way he runs through the office and stuff yeah it's pretty funny my my last thing for modern family is the it feels more i know there are a lot of characters in the office the ensemble cast, the family part of it, especially with Modern Family with The Office, it's not a fair argument, but it's something I definitely have to bring up that they take Modern Family on the road a lot. Like they right. go to like Australia and they yes. go Missouri. Like you just, you see a lot of different places. And by the time they go to Australia, I think that's, I'm going to say like season four or season five. That's when I started getting like emotional thinking like, uh, like you could see, especially they do a good job at the end of that Australia episode of there's moments where you can see this isn't part of the show. Like it's Manny, uh, Haley and Phil in a helicopter. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't really make sense for the show, but you could just, there's these moments where you could just see, we're going to put the camera on you, but just be you like this yeah. isn't a part of the show. You could right. just see how much they love each other, which is the same in the office. Yes. But it's more in that condensed space. Yeah. And it's more of like an actual family. Okay. So my last, last argument though is obviously it's Michael Scott. Yeah. There is, when you and I did the best TV characters ever, Michael Scott was second for you and for me, right? Wasn't he for you? He might have been in my final four. I don't, I don't remember exactly. Oh, okay. I think it might be in this notebook. So he is, he he makes The Office. Like he is, which, he makes that show. Which is the argument, the last, last, last argument against him <laughs> is that once he leaves the show, you can feel a difference. Right. With Modern Family, you don't really lose yeah. anyone. All right. We got two left. So, Tie. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's, we'll zip through this one quickly, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have too much. So Emma Stone versus Jennifer Lawrence. You again took the cake on this Instagram poll. You got 62% and I got 38 for Emma Stone. So Jennifer Lawrence is clearly the winner. And again, I could go either way with these girls. I do love them both. Mm-hmm. Um. So I will say, so I would say Emma Stone's breakout role was better than, it's more of a cult 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 following with Easy A than Jennifer Lawrence's breakout was Winter's Bone. Winter's Bone is a little more, I don't, like it has just more depth to it. Yeah. Is Easy A, is that before Crazy Stupid Love? Yeah. Oh, okay. They were both in, they were actually both in 2010 both like both Jennifer Lawrence's and hers like they literally came onto the scene almost at the exact same time now now Emma Stone did have a few others because she did have like super bad like she did have a a bit more on her resume than Jennifer Lawrence but Mm -hmm. that's where I'll start is her breakout role was a bit more of a cult classic uh my first argument would be Emma Stone is, is is in a lot of these movies Jennifer Lawrence is the one 
carrying these movies. Mm. So the, I mean, the number one argument has to be after Winter's Bone, Winter's Bone, she does Hunger, Hunger Games, yeah. which is four movies, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, she carries that franchise. That's what made her the A-list star she is now. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so my, I'm going to say for Jennifer Lawrence, I feel plays a lot of the times similar characters like in silver linings american hustle joy it's kind of always that same character where i feel like emma stone gives us a bit more range Mm -hmm. so yeah um the my argument before was gonna be that jennifer lawrence won the golden globe and oscar emma stone did do the same yes uh jennifer lawrence is the youngest to ever win both at 22 years old all right which is a year older than me which is that's that's mighty impressive right i know i was looking up their uh, accolades and they're very very similar yeah for and they're two emma stone's two years older so it's they're really in that same category which i thought made it a good argument because again if I had Emma Stone, I could make arguments towards yeah, her. Yeah, I feel the same way too. Yeah. Uh, so I only have one more argument for Emma Stone because like I found it really hard because I was like, I just really like them both. I don't know. But I will say for Emma's movies, they're for me more rewatchable. Like I will rewatch Easy A, no problem. I will rewatch like Crazy Stupid Love or like th- like she has to me more like rewatchable movies than Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Uh Jennifer Lawrence, she put on the spandex. She was Mystique in the X-Men franchise. Emma Stone was in The Amazing Spider-Man. Yes. To give her more credit, she wasn't the damsel in distress that Kirsten Dunst played with Spider-Man. Yes. Yes. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence was the superhero. She also did Red Sparrow where it was kind of, it almost felt when I watched it, it felt almost like what Black Widow was going to be. Yeah. She was great in that movie, I have to say. That Red Sparrow movie. uh, And I have to say, for their lowlights, Jennifer Lawrence's was Passengers. I don't think we can deny that. Her and uh, Chris Pratt wasn't a really good dynamic. Right. Emma Stone's, I would say, is Aloha. I just feel like that movie really flopped. Yeah. And for the cast and the concept, I don't know why it did. Because wasn't it Cameron Crowe? Uh, yes. And it was like Bradley Cooper, John Krasinski, Rachel McAdams, like great cast in Hawaii. I don't know. I don't know why it just didn't, it didn't work for some reason, but yeah. Yeah. that's Yeah. Silver. I was going to say silver linings, but that's what she won her Oscar for. And Emma Stone won it for La La Land. Yes. Yes. Which I would actually, when I say rewatchable, I would watch silver linings playback, playbook back, but but if it, if it's one compared to Emma Stone, definitely has more lighthearted movies. Yeah, just more ones you could be like, oh, I kind of want to watch Crazy Stupid Love. Mm-hmm. Or Ryan Gosling, you know? And we have Jennifer Lawrence, because I feel like she is almost taking after Leonardo DiCaprio being more selective. I'm not saying that to better my argument. It's just I feel like, especially recently, in the last few years, we haven't seen her do much. No, it's true. I would I would like to see her now. I think it's like when I watch some of these Hollywood actors and actresses, like you see them, they work their butt off, they kind of do everything, everything, and they get kind of make a name for themselves that they can be more selective. And that's to me when their careers get super interesting because it's like what what do they want to do now that they've given now that they have a bit more financial freedom and more offers that to me is when people become way more interesting right which I don't think we're gonna see a lot from Emma Stone she's having a baby soon so like it might be a while for her 
or maybe not again. Like you never know, right? With what the of... turnaround could be. Yeah. Jennifer so. Lawrence, we're going to see her in Adam oh. McKay's Don't Look Up. I know. Don't Look Up? Yeah. Don't Look Up. What a cast. Holy crap. But Adam McKay, oh my God. You know how I feel about Adam McKay. You have some, you have some mixed feelings in there. I do. I, I, it feels like a cat. I mean, maybe this is, I don't want to say an aloha moment, but if you just look at aloha as a whole, how could that fail? Yeah. I, I don't think this movie falls in the same right. But no, I don't think so either. You never know. Yeah, you never know. All right. A last argument? This is it. You were going to... What? You were going to say that you win. Yeah, I thought I mean, that was our shtick. I mean, I won, so oh, I won on Instagram before before arguments. All right, last one. Endgame versus Infinity War. Um, so on Instagram, Endgame did win 64% to 36% Infinity War. Um, would you like to start? I would because oh. uh, Endgame doesn't exist without Infinity War. Oh. <laughs> and drop the mic. <laughs> I know that should have been a final argument, but when I was thinking about right. them as if you just think of them as standalone movies, Endgame doesn't make sense. It's just where are all these people? Where'd they go? They okay. Bye-bye. Fine. Yes. But I will stay with Endgame. The stakes are higher. Like you're you're you know, like look what they had to go through to get their people back, right? Yeah. And no, no, maybe I'll hold on to that one. But yeah. And no, no. Okay, I'm going to say it. It is the highest grossing movie ever. Like ever. Number one. If you look up highest grossing movie ever, it's Endgame. So I don't know what to say about that. This, this isn't necessarily an argument, but I would say the most impactful, like, and uh, not impactful the most hero moment of each movie Endgame does have the better one which honestly you could argue too for me of like a fandom like hurrah moment it's captain america uh lifting mjolnir which no when i said it i was thinking there's a video of the ant-man and the wasp cast trying to pronounce it and it's like uh. mjolnir, mjolnir. <laughs> and then they just cut to paul rudd and he's like jonathan oh <laughs> like just being a jerk or not even jerk just being funny yeah uh captain america wielding mjolnir is the best moment in the mcu to me right. like it, it's untouchable in the theater like i almost jumped up and started screaming yeah it's such an amazing moment when infinity wars is when thor lands in wakanda yes which is a pretty impactful moment but i, I would still and it's an argument against my movie but captain america definitely has the better well, moment there the 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 scene in Wakanda is pretty epic, like it is, but it doesn't compare to the end scene in Endgame, when you have all of the characters there. You have them all because Dr. Doctor Strange brings them all in their little the yellow sparkly yeah yellow sparkly thing. He just jumps through, and and you have a moment where you get to see Spider Man again, and you get to see, you know, you get to see all those characters again that you that were kind of poofed. Yep. They were gone. The blip. The blip. Um, I I feel like we could talk about this all day, but yes. the emotional moments of these movies, I just again I have to be impartial to my my movie. There's more moments where I just I feel a lump in my throat. Right. There's and like just even Spider Man getting his suit, like he's about to fall, he's about to fall back to Earth, and and Iron Man gives him another suit. Thor lands in Wakanda. 
uh, now I'm forget. But there's so many moments right. where you just like I just feel like oh, like that's just so impactful. Which obviously can't deny Endgame has those mo- moments. And Endgame, those moments are when we go back into the time heist. And we get to see all of those, you know, the first Avenger movie, like them, they're on the street watching themselves fight. And, you know, the, like the, the time heist thing is, is how they tie everything back together. Like Endgame ties all of these 20 some odd movies and all of these people all back together again. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. I uh, one of my arguments, uh, Infinity War, better Thanos. Infinity War, yeah, he was, he is a funny character as as a antagonist because you understand why he's doing it, and that makes it hard because. But that's an Infinity War. It's getting rid of half the population so the rest can survive. Yeah. Once it's Endgame, it's just destruction. Yes. I'm tearing it down to every last atom. Yeah, he is. He didn't like being. He didn't like it. Um, one of my arguments was, so Infinity War felt like like a Thanos movie, whereas Endgame feels like an Avenger movie. Like, I feel like they have a different feel to it, and I feel like Endgame brings them all together. You know, I don't like when the Avengers fight one another. I like when they work together to for the better. Mm-hmm. And so I found in Endgame, they, they worked together better, and knew that there was like this is what has to happen and i don't know infinity war when he hands him that time when doctor strange hands him that time stone i'm just dead like i'm like it's a devastating moment it's so devastating to me and then when they all blip away or whatever like it's it's so hard for me i i i guess i'm a happy i guess i'm more of i like the happy ending of endgame like or not not sorry not happy (laughs) As far as like who we lose in the Avengers world, but happy as in like that they came together and they won. They didn't win in Infinity War, which I know is important. You can't always win. But I guess for me, I like that they did win. Yeah. And Infinity War, how they lose and the moments right before it's the whole the entire movie. You're just thinking now they can't lose. They can't lose. It's not they're not going to lose. And. Once they lose it, and it, and I go back to me in the theater, I just started laughing because, like, they lost. It happened. It, it's something where I know not a lot of people like that, but if you just let them win all the time, you're going to lose interest. And especially 100%. going into Infinity War, we knew there was going to be one more movie. Yes. So not that it lowers the stakes because you just saw, like, you didn't know Endgame was going to do what it did. So in that moment, it's just those. So when Infinity, because I'm still pretty new to the Marvel world, but when Infinity War was over, you knew there was one more movie, or did you know that there was could potentially be more? Or Uh, there was. So at that time, you knew one of Iron Man or Captain America was probably going to sacrifice themselves just because contractually, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans were done after this after Endgame. Okay. And the the other thing about it is. They had, they already announced there was a Black Panther 2. There right. was a Spider-Man fart, like Spider-Man 2. Like there are these movies where you can't do it if these characters don't exist. Oh, okay. So it does ruin it a little bit, but it also, you just thought, okay, how are they going to do this creatively? And the time heist is the best argument for Endgame. And what, um, like, do you think there'll ever be another Avenger movie? Oh, yeah. There, okay. I, it'll be, 
I think they're going to take some time to develop these new characters and kind of create the new Avenger movement. Right. Okay. Because they're going to get... Maybe they need an old Avenger like myself. No? What? Old Avenger? Yeah, I could be old Avenger lady. (laughs) (laughs) I could be the wise old lady or something. I I think, I mean... I want to be an Avenger. I was going to say Aunt May just kept Who would you be if you could be any Avenger? uh, Thor. Oh, look at you. You were just like had that. I was ready for that. Uh, Thor is to me. That wasn't even planned and you were just ready to go. Yeah. I mean, first of all, when he has, I don't know if it's in which movie. I think it's in Infinity War that he's, there's thousands of bastards that tried to kill me. I've killed twice as many men that have tried to kill me. Uh, Thanos is just in the long line of bastards. I, I just, as much as it's probably torturous to live for that long, he's just, he's just cool. Yeah, he is pretty cool. Who would you be? Well, it's unfortunate not to throw the feminist card, but there isn't as many for me to choose from. Absolutely. As there are men. Uh, But I guess I could pick a man, too. Yeah. I wouldn't want to, though, because I'd want to be a girl, so I could be with Bucky. Um, (laughs) I mean, I think I'd go Black Widow just because she's pretty kick-ass. I like uh, Wanda. Uh, I just find she's got a sadness and darkness about her. And who's my other choice? Oh, Marvel. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Could, I like her. She's pretty kick-ass. Um, I was going to say, if you wanted to go outside of just the Avengers, you could pick either of Peggy or Sharon Carter. Right. Those are two pretty... They're pretty kick-ass, especially in that Falcon and the Winter Soldier trailer. Which one's Kobe? Co- uh, Maria Hill. Yeah. I like her. She's pretty great. It feels like there aren't as many superheroes. Yes. And you have Pepper. There's... Oh, I love Pepper. Yes. No, but I would pick Black Widow, and I would want Bucky to be my boyfriend. It actually, it, I don't know, there must be some comic reference to this, but it's a relationship that kind of would work because they're both brainwashed spies. Yes. Um, I guess my last, oh, was Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy characters in Infinity War? I couldn't remember. Yeah, they're the ones that discover Thor when he gets right. blown up and then okay. Chris Pratt and Hemsworth have their whole like, are you changing? You're changing your voice. He's mocking me. <laughs> yes. That's not how uh, you talk. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was Endgame or Infinity War. Okay. I was going to try and use that one, but I'm like, I'm, I think they're in Infinity War too. Um, it's hard because it is just one continuous story. So yeah. it's hard to say, but it I would a say part one, like, part two. yeah. So I think the stakes are higher in Endgame where you have to, you're concluding a story. So I think the stakes are higher in that game in that movie and I think they had a bigger job to do because the first one they know yeah we don't this one doesn't have to be as good because the second one will really wrap it up yeah that, that is the <laughs> it is is the argument that I started with was in Endgame doesn't happen without Infinity War but also Endgame is the one that finishes the story yeah so they're both equally important yes in the Marvel world we love them both mm-hmm, very much but I, I think I've even after this, I, I wouldn't change my opinion. I no, still, I wouldn't I, either. I'm pretty happy with my end game. I'm, yeah. My, my final Infinity War argument is that although it's a sad ending, it's funnier. Endgame is very mm. serious and it's, it is and it's to get the job done. And it's like they haven't seen their friends in five years and they're all like, yes. When Infinity War, you get, I have just off the top of my head, you get Doctor Strange and Iron Man going back and forth and uh, Doctor Strange calling him a douchebag. You get guardians of the galaxy versus thor you get uh iron man doctor strange and spider-man versus the guardians of the galaxy when they do the whole who's gamora do you one better why is gamora right like there's just a lot more funny moments it's a bit lighter yeah yes whereas endgame is definitely darker because they haven't 
they've lost people, not just Avengers. They've lost like people like Hawkeye lost his entire family, three kids and a wife. You know, one minute he's playing ball with them. The next minute, poof, gone. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, and it's all all because Ant-Man came back. Right. Yeah, that is true. The the rat that saves the world. Yeah, I know. It's so good. That's the other thing. Ant-Man not being an Infinity War. Like it just it's funny that Infinity War is the funniest, funnier movie. But the funnier character, like I'd say Ant-Man to me is, it really, it's Ant-Man and uh, Louise, like played by Michael Pena. Those right. to me are the two funniest characters. Yeah. But they're not in the funnier movie. Right. Yeah, no. It is. But definitely, I would give you that for sure. Infinity War is a bit lighter. Which also hurts it in the sense of the stakes. Right. Yeah. Because I think the stakes are way higher in Endgame because they know they only have like one chance to do this, right? One so, opportunity. To seize everything ever wanted yeah, i don't know i was i, don't know if that's it. I saw a tiktok where this guy was talking about his ethnicities and he went uh 40 chinese 10 percent or four percent european uh 10 percent or uh 10 luck 15 percent skill uh it's like a remember the name concentrated power will five percent pleasure 15 oh, percent pain and a hundred percent reason to remember the name and he just goes <laughs> through that whole like he thinks you're just listing off and he starts singing the song uh all right are you good for our debates i'm good i i really enjoyed it it was really there's nice. definitely some we both agree that these were hard you know they I'll were pretty for, even argue them either oh way. yeah we got to pick our movies though mm-hmm. for next week yeah right. so yeah so no that was fun though i i mean it's always fun to just talk about them right anything yeah because it's also it's not like we're gonna hurt each other's feelings number eight uh number eight that is 12 angry men oh wow i love that movie for like it's a it's an older movie but it is i was gonna say it's about baseball but that's not right it's in a courtroom isn't it yeah yeah and it's pretty much it's almost like a play it's kind of set in the one one place Uh, we'll just have to figure out where to watch that i know that's been a bit of a thing yeah especially with these like classic movies this might be the last time we can do two though because then i'm back to work and we got golden globe stuff so well we'll make it work okay all right i got number 70 which is train spotting oh nice wow we have these are very different movies (laughs) yeah (laughs) so we're gonna go from courtroom in the 50s or 60s to the 90s and were drugs drugs a lot of drugs a <laughs> lot of drugs yeah. all right so uh case got anything else before no, we go nothing else i'm all right. good we'll be back next week movie challenge i'll uh, we'll talk about wandavision see yeah. where that goes and yeah. uh besides that we'll see you next time bye